Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy, Ben with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I said, on every of us, we got a great show for you. Who do we have? Uh, yes, we have Meredith Bliss. She is an award-winning singer-songwriter, pianist, and composer. The multi-genre artist, originality, and artistry are a reflection of her real-life experiences and emotions. She embraces her diverse musical influences ranging from Bach to jazz to modern electronica. And not only do we have her, but we're premiering oh, yes. her video, um, the Zero Gravity lyric video today, too, in a few minutes. So you're going to get to see that for the very first time aired anywhere but here first. So excited about that. So as we get started, tell us a little bit about that song in this video. Okay. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. And thanks for premiering the video. I'm so thrilled to share this. Um, the song itself is about finding your happy place. Mm -hmm. So often in life, we get caught in this go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. And we lose the direction of where we're going. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you, you get that. Yes. Mm -hmm. We get it. <laughs> and zero gravity is about taking a step outside of everything and sort of enabling a deeper connection with self and mm -hmm. um, finding a space that enables you to be, to embrace more joy and be yeah. able yeah. to be more peaceful. Mm -hmm. Love that. Love it. So, as they say, let's get the show on the road. Here is the world premiere of Zero Gravity. Zero, zero gravity, I could flow free. Zero gravity, 
That was awesome. Yes. <laughs> Gotta love the little mute button. It's like, I forgot to hit the mute. Literally, <laughs> I've been there. But yeah. really, really great. Yes, awesome. We loved it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm just so, so tell us um, a little bit about your background, because we know you're part of a musical family. So tell us about that. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I grew up. Uh, yeah, in a musical household, my father was actually, oh my gosh, we just got a comment. Hi, Jonelle. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Jonelle was actually the vocal producer on that track. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I got distracted. Um, oh, no problem. <laughs> you asked about the uh, background. Oh, yes. My father was an executive at Arista Records. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, in the music business, you know, going to work with him, listening to new releases. And in addition, my uh, mother's mother, my maternal grandmother was a pianist and a singer, and she was also a piano teacher. Oh, wow. So yeah, I definitely grew up around music that way. Mm -hmm. So what was it like seeing it from the executive point of view since your dad was an executive? Because, you know, a lot, a lot of people who are artists, you know, they want to judge a lot of times the executives, but they got a job to do just like you do. And sometimes they don't yeah. see that side of it. <laughs> yes. And my dad had a reputation for being pretty fierce with what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Beard. Um, but he was in charge of packaging and manufacturing, which is everything that happened to the, well, the record at that time. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Came out of the studio, gathering all the art, getting it printed and distribution mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think I, you, your question was, you know, what was that like? I I think I absorbed a lot that I didn't realize about art and the process of 
the behind the scenes, I guess, of what goes into it. It's not just all stage and lights and glitter. There's like a whole, I don't know, army behind people. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The details happen. Yeah. And that's a perfect lead-in for where I wanted us to go um, next. Um, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie. But they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not to be, even be at their level, but even a career level within the music industry. Mm-hmm. And I always want to talk about that side of it because I think so many people kind of sugarcoat this side of it. But I want to know what were what have been some of the struggles and sacrifices you have made to even get to where you are. I mean, it's working around the clock, right? <laughs> and like we were talking about in terms of what goes into making a record, you know, um, it's months, years of work. You have the process of honing your craft. You have the process of creating the song or the music then into the studio and then all the other things like graphic design and you know making it all happen um i think it's yeah putting all that time in which is such a passion you know and not knowing if it's gonna work yeah 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 i mean Because, see, that's got to be the hardest part. Because, like, even with us, you know, we're doing, you know, we're on the same platform like y'all in this different place. You know, we're trying mm-hmm. to chase that same dream. We want to be the Bobby Bones, the Kelly Clarkson shows of the oh, world. Absolutely. But as a married couple. And so we're chasing the same dream a lot of artists are. So we get what y'all go through because we're, you, you know, we do this and do that. and do that. Like we were talking before the show, all this crazy little setup that we just did, all yeah. brand new <laughs> stuff. And it's like trying to balance all this. It's been crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the moments that people don't see. I was kind of, my brain went back to days in New York City where I was living, you know, in a walk-up, and I'm a keyboard player. So going to a gig meant dragging that down the stairs, and I remember one, you know, New York City, keyboard in hand, standing on the street, pouring rain, and like trying to helicab and saying to yourself oh you know but I don't think I have it any other way in some respects you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely get that because again you know we've put a lot a lot of work in us and you know and then on top of that you COVID happens you know so how has that changed things for you um, it's been a really interesting year for me. I think it's been an interesting year for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, interestingly, I needed the slowdown when, mm. you know, the first quarantine type situation happened, mm. not having to run around and be here and be there and do all the things really was a blessing because I, oh, wow. I didn't realize how much I needed that slowdown. Yeah. And one of the things that also did for me was it enabled me to think more deeply about priorities and what I was doing, what I was doing that I wanted to be doing or not doing. 
that I wanted to be focusing on. You know, when everything was more still, I had some self-reflection time. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things was working on this EP that's in process. So I was able to reassess some things and also have the time and space to expand it from that. Wow. Love that. <laughs> For us, it kind of did the opposite effect because we yeah. launched our show January of 2020. And our original plan was 100 interviews our first year. We thought if we yeah. could do that. That would be a lot. And we thought that would be year. pushing it. And then COVID happens. Yeah. And, and we watched the whole entertainment industry just crash. Just all of a sudden, like you said, it slowed everybody down. And I told Sandy, I was like, you know, now we can book people we normally couldn't book, I bet, because everybody needs a place to talk and we're going to give it to them. And because of that, we did over 300 interviews last year. We're over 400 interviews now. Yeah. So it's for us, it was like a silver lining. It helped some of the people slow down so they could come on our show. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's strange how, what do they say? When God closes a door, he opens a window, you know, but that kind of thing. We have to sometimes look for the silver lining and yes. things where we don't expect them. Now let's flip the script the other way and talk about some of the great things. When you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where like you went, wow, Probably the first thing that comes to mind was uh, or is the uh, New Mexico Music Awards. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I lived in New Mexico. I left New York, lived in New Mexico, and now mm -hmm. Tennessee, outside of Nashville or in Nashville. And um, yeah, um, my first CD had multiple nominations, which floored me. And I won Best Pop CD, and I remember going <laughs> and, you know, I, I knew the record that I was up against, and it was just like, um, who did they say? What, <laughs> um, was that me? <laughs> you know, like, wow. Well, okay. You know? Uh, and then a few years later, with my second record, um, being nominated for multiple awards and having the opportunity to perform there really great. Wow. Awesome. You know, that made me think, I remember hearing the story of Steve Harvey and he, and he was talking about that his very first um, comic standup he went to, he didn't go to enter. He, he, he entered for the following week because he first learned about that. And apparently they have 10 people that come up and a ninth and a 10th person left. So they called the first person in the list. And, and he and he talks about how, they said, Steve, if you're here, Steve Harvey, you're up. And he said, he said he literally looked at his friend and says, somebody else is named Steve Harvey doing this. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and, and that, and that moment changed his life because that moment showed him that, you know what, this is what I was supposed to do. When you look at moments like that, do you have a moment that just changed everything? Well, you know, when I think back on being a musician and making music, it was always like right in front of me, but it was the memo that took me 
a really long time to get. <laughs> and then, yeah, it was just like, hello, this is it, this is it. But um, my first career passion dream was actually dance. I was a dancer. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, modern dancer. And um, that was, I was, as I said, I was playing instruments and singing and doing all the things. And my father was in the music business, so I was constantly surrounded. But it wasn't until multiple knee surgeries and which which sort of ended the dance thing for good. And when you talk about a moment, I remember um, I'm a huge Paris Laughlin fan. You know, her first big record, Fumbling Towards Ecstasy, if that had been a record, I would have worn it out. And and I remember reading the liner notes and it said, you know, songs by Sarah McLaughlin, guitar, piano, Sarah McLaughlin, vocal, Sarah McLaughlin. And I was like, wow, she does it all. (laughs) That's possible. Like, yeah, just a moment of, whoa, it's possible. You know, right. I don't know, it just, um, something clicked in that moment, reading those liner notes. <clears throat> yeah, that's like, I remember the very first show we did, January 3rd, um, 2020, <clears throat> that we had Ava Page and Ashlyn Grace on. Oh, that Ashlyn. Yeah, both of them are awesome. They are. And in yeah, fact, yeah. Ashlyn's done several things with us which has been pretty cool um but they both were on and i remember i we got off the two interviews and i told sandy this is it this is what we're supposed to do and i just knew it yeah finding that moment in that thing that makes your heart skip a beat and earlier you were talking about you know struggles and sacrifice yes it's there but when you're focused on creating your passion um, it's okay, you know, it's okay, most definitely. So as you know, a lot of people, they see the artists, but they don't see the teams that make up the artists. And in our opinion, right, they don't get the love they deserve. So if you want to take a few moments just to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. I would love to give my team all the love in the world because I am just so grateful in this moment to be surrounded by such amazing people. Um, If you talk about the lyric video, it was done by somebody named Cameron Barton, who is also an unbelievable musician. Um, And just what he did with taking the song and making it live in this graphic visual environment, I was wowed. I'm still wowed when I look at it. Um, For this particular track, Sean Trueblood was the producer. And I really want to share this story about Sean. He and I met when he was at Belmont. And he, quote unquote, interned for me. It's so weird to say that now. (laughs) Learning about um, sync placement. And uh, part of his degree was audio engineering, which you can clearly hear, and production. And um, I'm also an audio nerd too. So, so <laughs> often we would hang out and just be listening to songs and I'd be hearing his work. And I loved what he was doing. And after some time, I just said, do you mind? 
you know, would you be interested in maybe doing a track for me? Because I knew that we had discussed music and production in a lot of depth together. Mm. He also mm-hmm. catalog better than anybody because he had done the metadata and tagging for sync for everything. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he knew me and he said, sure, I'll give it a try. So <laughs> I sent him to a Dropbox folder with demos <laughs> and he chose Zero Gravity. That was actually the first one. Yeah. And he came back to me and I'd been looking for somebody to kind of manifest this whatever I was hearing in my brain. And once again, I was wowed. Wow. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And then um, beyond that, uh, there's an engineer, vocal production engineer, and also, you know, studio engineer named Jonelle Polanski. She was the one who popped in before with a hello. Um, She's just been an inspiring force in my life. And I did the uh, vocals at her studio. Oh, wow. The vocal production. Um, The mix engineer on this one, Ghost Effects. Uh, It's interesting because in the time of COVID, we've never met. (laughs) yes and all of our interaction has been emails and stuff and he really did an amazing job with the song and also dealing with the process and online and dealing with (laughs) um with edits and all the things i also think of uh people like sharice boltori a global songwriter light and of course the incredible amazing sherry cranford oh yeah we love her we do love her yes so much love to her um and also my better half tony he's also a musician but you know being surrounded by people who really support you and i'm just really blessed to have a great team and that's key. It's not just having a team, but it's having a team that understands your vision. Because oh, right yeah. that's been the oh, biggest thing yeah. I see in music is people get teams, but then the team don't want their vision. They want their own vision. It's like, no, do the artist's vision. Yes, that's what's align important. with the artist. Yeah. And that was the, oh, gosh, the blessing of meeting Sean. I, I had worked with other producers and a lot of them, I mean, well, all of them, amazing. And somehow Sean got what I was hearing in this little brain. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so finding the right person who takes the time to listen to you and manifest, I guess, your vision or your magic. And ideally well, also, I think a good producer takes that and takes it to his, you know, a level higher, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely love that. And that's so important. And speaking of teams, we have a third co-host. What? Uh, oh, yes, we our, do. Our little nine-year-old we let yes, come on. So Sandy's going to go get him. I will get it. And, and, you know, we've got a two-year-old little daughter that when she gets older, she'll be plugged into our show, too, because we are a family affair. A family <laughs> affair. <laughs> it's funny. We even we, we even made the name Family Affair Medias for the show. Oh my gosh, that's great! That's great. So hopefully, we can raise them in the entertainment world, and they can take over Family Affair Media one day. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. And where are you all? Y'all are in Florida? <clears throat> right now we're in Savannah, Georgia, but we're eventually moving out to Nashville. What? Welcome. It in fact, we're coming. We, we visited for the very first time not long ago, and we're coming back June 5th for four days. And then we're coming back again July, I mean, June 29th for like seven days. Oh my gosh. Well, so. we look forward to having you, and you know where to find me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hello, Hi, Meredith. Hi. What's your name? My name's Christopher. Christopher, it's so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So, uh, what's your favorite food? I think I'd have to say pizza. Because uh, what's yours? Pizza. What? Brilliant mind. <laughs> like, so do we. <laughs> they can eat pizza all day long. Oh, yeah. Me too. I kind of joked that we should get like a little Caesars um, sponsor so that he can say, because that's what we usually eat is a little Caesar. Anyway, oh, yeah. get him as a sponsor and he would be able to legitimately say, I like little Caesars. <laughs> no! Oh my God! Are you up for that eating pizza all day? Yeah, he cool. would. I'll join. Yeah. You. I'll join you, and I'll tell you. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite TV show? We talked about this last year being more relaxed during COVID. I've watched a lot, a lot of series. The one that comes to me right now was uh, the Queen's Gambit. It was a show about a um, based on the life of a professional female chess player. Oh, wow. Was your age, Christopher? <laughs> you ever seen the Muppets? Do you like the Muppet Show? Um, uh, I've watched it. Yeah. Okay. Because what's yours? Yeah, mine's SpongeBob. Oh, cartoons! Cartoons are the best. Is SpongeBob your favorite character? Uh, my favorite character is Patrick. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> character. That's some sort of sea creature. Yeah, yes. Sea star, right? Yes, sea star. Oh, that's right. That's right. He's the. And, and last year he dressed up as um SpongeBob for Halloween. Whoa, that must have been fun. Yes. <laughs> and what's been cool about it is um he watches a lot of the Nickelodeon shows. Oh, so yes, yes. we've been able to bring on a lot of the actors that are on his shows onto our show. Whoa. Do you have a favorite Nickelodeon show? Well, I guess SpongeBob is Nickelodeon. I don't know. Yes. Uh, what's your other favorite show? Me? What other ones you like? Oh, huh. them probably. He's starting to like Disney ones too. Ooh, yeah. Disney's good. I like it. Yes. Okay, what's your favorite movie? Oh, my favorite movie. Uh, there are two that come to mind. One would be Goodwill Hunting, and the other one would be um, The Theory of Everything. Both mm -hmm. of them are probably a little grown up for you, but they're very inspiring. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, they're really, yeah, based on true stories. Oh. Really inspiring, amazing people. Mm -hmm. What's yours? Mine is the Minions movie. The Minions? Oh, my gosh. How many Minions movies were there? Huh. I mean, there was, what, three Despicable Me's, right? And one yes. Minions. So four yes. right now. Yep. Wow. Yeah, there's like three Despicable Me's and one Minions. Mm -hmm. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. They're taking over. 
Yeah. <laughs> Be careful. Bye. Dude. Thanks. Bye, Chris. It was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, he definitely loves that. You know, when he comes on the show. Cool. He's practicing his camera time. <laughs> yeah, he'll have no problem getting on the crew talking. Oh yeah. <laughs> For when he takes over the family affair, he'll be all <laughs> dialed in. <laughs> so if you could co-write with any artist, dead or alive, who would it be? Wow. Narrow that down. Hmm. Mm. I think the two people that come to mind first would be Diane Warren. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. All we need to say is that name. Um, <laughs> and interestingly enough, Tori Amos. She, oh, okay. Yeah, she was a big influence, I guess, as a chick singer-songwriter when I was yeah. playing and singing and doing all the things and just find her magical. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. So now this probably has a thousand answers, but oh, just yes, think of the least. first thing that pops in your head. What is a song? that you've heard you wish you wrote oh well come back to diane warren i was oh. here oh the one that beyonce did yeah oh, oh. yes sorry yeah so <laughs> that would be an answer that is oh, awesome so back, in, so back in 2015 we interviewed kelsey ballerini mm -hmm. before most people kind of knew who she was right and um, one of the questions i asked is where she want to be in five years i always like to tell this story before i ask the guests that same question because the answer she gave us back then is almost to the t of what she's living now oh definitely so yes. she knew where she was going and I nothing was going to stop her so knowing that where do you want to be in five years um, well, we can never predict everything. We can just kind of yeah, because who could have predicted COVID? And end up in the right place. But yes, uh, the first things that come to mind is um, over the past few years, I've been doing a lot more studio stuff, production, and um, I'd like to be producing more myself and maybe mm -hmm. other artists. I've also been um, working on an electronic show. Where oh, wow. you okay. Ableton Live and MIDI control yeah. person. Oh, cool. Awesome. It's become such a passion of mine. So, definitely doing more of that and also playing out more and doing that with bigger audiences. And the other thing would be um, I've done a lot of activism work and I really just believe in the power of art and music and creativity to make a difference for people. So, oh, wow. Yeah, using that platform and being involved with projects like that, yeah. Awesome. And how would you describe your music to someone who hasn't heard it yet? Well, it's such such an interesting question, especially being in Nashville, you know. Yes. You heard the track, This Girl Is In Country. Um, I love country music, but it's like, right. yeah. So I would have to start with pop. I mean, okay. pop would be the general yeah. pop, but, you know, ethereal pop as well as electro pop. So, yeah. you know, my website says ethereal electro pop. Oh, wow. I think that fits it very well. Right. <laughs> and and what, you, and what would you, and what, 
would you like your legacy to be as an artist? What would you ultimately like to be known and remembered for? Hmm. You know, back to the whole idea about creativity and healing and music making a difference and creating connection between people and uplifting the vibration that we have and um, yeah, setting an example for, I think, bringing light to people, you know, just, yeah, yeah just a spark, especially in moments when people need it most. Yeah. I love that. Love it. So as we come to a close here, um, let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they have something special. As Simon Cowell said, they have that it factor. <laughs> And let's say they've played maybe 40 or 50 shows. So they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. Now, this would be pre-COVID advice oh, yes. to keep that in mind. But um, they, they played and they've got what every artist says, that stage bug where they get up on stage. They look over the crowd. The crowd's roaring for them. They just know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, I know I am supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next few years? Um. There are a couple things. I think the first is, you know, know your craft and hone your craft and keep keep working on that piece of it. You know, keep going deeper. The other piece would be uh, trust your instinct. You know, trust your intuition. Um, where's I going with that? Um, trust your intuition. You know, the word no is something that artists have to sort of build. Get familiar with. Yeah, yeah a callous to hearing. <clears throat> Don't let that stop you. You know, keep going and be open to taking helpful feedback. But most importantly, probably surround yourself with people who you can trust. You know, mm-hmm. entertainment, there can be this dark layer. <laughs> yep. Yes. You no. Know, so if you choose to work with someone, do your research, you know, be careful, you know, mm-hmm. and that's <laughs> intuition thing. You know, we know in our gut when something. Yep. Happens. Most definitely. We do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> really surrounding yourself with people who believe in you genuinely. And, you know, speaking of um, rejection, that's like, you know, even for this show, you know, because I we, we sent out emails to the teams of even people like Taylor Swift, Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. oh, you yes, know, all, of um, all of them. And we do this on a constant basis. So we get probably a, over 100 rejection emails a month. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah do. But you know what? But then every now and then you get something – that all of a sudden comes through because because like we've got um on may 26 oh, i'm so excited about we have brian latrell from the backstreet boys and his family what? coming on yes so yeah. so you just keep on it and keep mm-hmm. on it and eventually you get the little breakthroughs here and all of a sudden this yeah. happens and that happens and then all of a sudden th- things start to roll exactly you know don't give up i mean i hear stories from friends and we read them all the time of you know people who've been shopping songs for years and everybody says no or 
you know, songs have been rejected, like flat out, you know, and people will roll their eyes at a certain artist and say, don't mm -hmm. quit your job, or nobody will ever want this song. And <laughs> we know how the rest of the story goes, right? So, well, look at Luke Combs. He, I think a couple of years ago, he tweeted out um, thanking the executives that all said six of his songs would never work and all six went number one. I love it. I mean, I don't love it because those moments hurt, you know, but the time. pick yourself back up and, you know, really keep on it and believing in yourself and your work and yeah we appreciate that oh yes for y'all yeah. too and you know after it's just every no brings you closer to a yes right most definitely it does because again that that's something i've learned I, you know i've been in sales most of my life okay. doing, doing different stuff we've probably launched over a hundred different business ideas that never worked that failed, but yeah. but many of it made us enough money to keep us going through our yeah. 18 years of marriage you well, know but they all failed until we got here and so it's like rejection was no big deal so me reaching out to a taylor swift Mm -hmm. All they can, all she, all her team can do is say, say no, no or not and, and, and some of these big artists and big actors that we have reached out didn't say no as in never. They've said right now no, but they. I've got several people I'm supposed to reach back over the next few months that could still be a possibility. So that's yeah, as our show absolutely. keeps growing and we keep bringing people like Backstreet Boys and you and with your background and and randy travis and other people that we've had on the show all of a sudden now people look at it and they're like okay they're doing something i mean it's just us too. it's just us too yeah, and we are us, the team grassroots <laughs> <yeah>. grassroots <laughs> yeah and also learning that like you know you said businesses that might not have gone the way you wanted them to but they did yep. they learned. we learned right we learned on the Chris and Sandy. And now we're here. Sandy, right? If that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I think one of the biggest things, we laugh about this now, but through the 18 years of our marriage, I mean, mm -hmm. we would be out in the street and if we run into somebody, I'm not talking about friend now, I'm talking about strangers. Mm -hmm. I would end up um, in a, if I'm in a conversation two, two, three to five minutes in, Sandy would know we're probably there 60 minutes, 30 to 60 minutes. Oh, I always knew, and, yeah. and and she would get so mad sometimes. She'd roll her eyes sometimes. And and she and you know, and yeah. I've done that thousands and thousands of times in our 18 years. And now we laugh because we're like, you know, that prepared us for what we're doing. Yeah, talking yes. to all those different people. I mean, because yes. we talked to thousands of people through the years, and here it is. We've we've talked to 400 people at a high level on our show now. Yeah. You've been an interviewer in training. Your just never knew it. Has. You just didn't know at the you time. You found your niche because this is what you love to do. You know, is meet new people and talk to them. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine anything yeah, else. Yeah, always fun and always interesting. And it's and it's really cool because her passion has always been music. My passion oh, has always been music. speaking. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've been able to find a way to combine our passions as a married couple to build one legacy under. Absolutely. So great. 
Sandy, are you a musician as well? I, I dabble in lyric writing. I love to write song I mean, lyrics. Her and I have actually written over 300 yeah. sets of lyrics over the years. Yes. Okay. Wow. So we love to do that. Yeah, too. I love lyric writing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And we've had, we've had a few musicians yeah. add music to it and have come out really good. And maybe we'll still learn an yeah. instrument someday. We haven't the ultimate goal is yet. eventually learn an instrument yeah, and so then we, we can try to, music to the, and see what happens yeah. down the road. But yeah. that could be another thing with the show is the show could be bigger than what we think where it gives us the right connections for yeah. that, gives us the right connections for little Chris and Caitlin oh, down the road. he's a huge music Because he's a huge too. music lover too. So, yes, you know, once we move to Nashville, we're planning on getting him guitar lessons and stuff like that. Yeah, drum lessons. He wants to play the drums and the guitar. Guitar, he said. You're not going be- to believe what made him want to play drums. We kind of, oh, if he's, if he's a, that. if he ends up being um, a big drummer one day, we kind of <laughs> owe Dirk Bentley this. Oh yeah, because <laughs> what had happened was our first mm-hmm. night was in Nashville. First night ever. First night any ever. Of us, we've never been we're to walking Nashville down Broadway. We're, we're about to cross Broadway. We're at in front of Honky Tonk Central. Mm-hmm. And somebody, somebody, whoever was playing on that band in, in Honky Tonk Central yeah, seen Little Chris on the mm-hmm. sidewalk and told somebody, can you give this drumstick to that boy? Oh my God. So, yeah, he was watching so they come out and we thought that was the coolest thing. I mean, yeah, we thought that was cool. We had no idea where that was about to lead. Then we crossed the street. Yeah. And then we get in front of um, Dirk Spitley's row. Mm-hmm. And we're listening to the band there. And the lady, the woman singer looked at the little Chris and she seen that he had a drumstick in his hand. And he was intently, and he was watching intently him. watching them and all yeah, that. She the stops the music, him. gets down and asks him, would you like to play drums with us for a song? Oh my <laughs> so they pulled him up pulled on through stage, the <laughs> through the window on yeah. stage. And we got pictures and videos of this. Oh, but well, And let him, they, they were showing him try to how to play the drums while they sing a song. And now he wants to be a drummer. In front of a couple hundred people that were cheering for I mean, him. So they had everybody cheering for him. So he, so as a nine-year-old, he's on stage, never played the drums, what? on there, hitting the drums with them. And... He's like, he's like staged it. Now. Oh, yes. <laughs> and he wants back on the stage now. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. A drummer is born. Yeah. Right? yeah. If that does happen, he'll have, a cool that'll, he'll have one heck of a story for how yeah. it happened. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that is crazy. Yes. Yeah. And again, that's one of them things where. You know you're in the right place because we've been, yeah, you know, we, can't we, we want to move to Nashville. But, you know, there's always that in back of your mind, are we supposed to be there? Because I want to do what God wants us to yeah. do. And all of a sudden you have something like that that kind of seals the deal for us. Like, okay, we're supposed to be like, here. This is it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, totally. You get the signs. And for you connecting with people to, you know, write songs if you have time because your show yes. is around. Absolutely. You too, you know. Yep. Yes, that's what we're hoping. Hooked up with drums and, you know, guitar. You just never know. Never know what the future holds. And, you know, and speaking of what would, what's one last piece piece of um, advice you'd like to give the audience in general? Right. You know, maybe your fans. What would, what message would you you like to tell them? them? Oh my gosh. Well, I think of, you know, this new EP that I've been working on 
the title track, um, which was released, it's been released sort of as a stream of singles. Okay. And the first single is called Be Your Own Kind of Beautiful. And oh, wow. yeah, what was funny was I was, this is digressing a little, but <laughs> doing a show and it was, it was, yeah. And I went to the ladies room and there was this little sign on the wall, it was like a little painting and it said, you know, be your own kind of beautiful. So I said, wow, you know, I wow. pull up the notebook and write, I love that as a title. Oh, wow. And I just love the message of that. So often we twist and conform to fit into spaces where we're not meant to be. And right. learning, I guess, who you are, and then giving yourself permission to be that person, whoever it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what would you be? Who would you be if you didn't care about anyone else's opinion? Exactly. Mm. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I think, yeah, it is. <laughs> I love that. So as we come to a close here, how can people reach out to you and buy your stuff? Um, well, my website is meredithbliss.com. And so you can always go there and you can sign up for my email list there and uh, hear some music, watch some videos. Um, my blog is also there. I tend to regularly write missives to my fans and mailing lists, usually inspirational kind of article. Um, in addition to sharing what's up with me musically. Um, and in terms of social media, uh, the best place to find me is Instagram. That's sort of my, okay. yeah, that's sort of my lane. I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter, but Instagram is my lane. And always feel free to reach out, say hello, you know, mm -hmm. um, DM, send an email. Love, love that. I'm meeting new people. So exactly. Yeah. And you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show oh, today. We did. And we look forward to having you back down the road. Oh, that would be a joy. And it's been just so wonderful to meet you both and spend some time with you this afternoon. Thanks for having me. We love it too. Oh, same here. We enjoyed okay. it. Have a great day. All right. Have a good one. Thanks.